and welcome to the Mexican Wave podcast on this second episode. My name is Eric Gomez. I am your host. Today we will be talking about Chivas TV. We will be talking about Chivas in general and the effect that, uh, that the 10-8 rule, La Regla 18, will have on Liga MX and on Chivas as a result. Will it make it harder for them to win a title? We will get into that. We will get into some very interesting details. I know that we had talked about doing a special episode on the chant, but as it turns out, I'm trying to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes or, you know, at least at 30 minutes. And um, as it turns out, it looks like we're going to have a lot more material than that. So I want to do a nice long form discussion on the chant. Watch out for that pretty soon. Um, been, I've been editing a couple of interviews and so forth. It's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited to be able to finally talk about that and present both sides. In the meantime, we'll get to some Chivas TV, which is obviously the topic du jour. A lot of very interesting things happening. Chivas stealing some of uh, Club America's Thunder on their 100th anniversary, which is uh, a nice little storyline, a nice little real-life subtweet, if you want to call it that. Um, but I think the most pressing issue, certainly what's dominated headlines in Mexico, is the cost of Chivas TV and what that is doing um, as a business model and also as a social model for Chivas when it comes to their presentation and their historical lineage of them being the people's team, of them being referred as the club that is supported by the masses. America, their main rival, had a had always and is still referred to as kind of like the upper middle class team, the team of the rich. And Chivas had always been the people's team, uh, for, or for lack of a better term, the, the team for the poor. You know, you bring me your huddled masses and so forth. Chivas had, had always been Mexico's team. And, of course, there are a lot of very strange... A lot of very strange things that don't seem to combine with that image, that don't seem to, you know, if you're holding a mirror up to Chivas, you'll say that the team was founded by a Belgian man, that the team has the colors of the French flag, and that uh, prior to them going after their Mexicans-only policy, the team had probably been the team with the most foreign players on it. Um, they don't seem to care if they have foreign coaches, which obviously have an effect on how the team plays and how the team performs in general. And they don't seem to care to have foreign, um, you know, foreign board members, foreign, uh, guys running, running their executive operations the way that they had Johan Cruyff, uh, run Chivas for, I think it was like 10 months <laughs> back in 2012, 2013. So if you, um... If you're a Chivas fan, you've heard those arguments before, and you have your preordained statements ready to refute me. So, you know, obviously we won't get into that, but but uh, I just wanted to shed a little bit of light, a little bit of background on what this whole Chivas TV thing means now that Jorge Vergara is actively pursuing the digital-only venture, which in itself is a huge step forward for Mexico, for Mexican media in general. I'm not sure if they're ready for it here in Mexico. And I'll tell you why. And we'll, we'll stick to the facts here. This, I mean, I'm not going to go into a lot of hot takes uh, without having numbers and facts to back it up. That's just how I roll. That's just how I like to have discussions. So first and foremost, what I did was I checked out census data for Mexico 
and um, INEGI, which is the the uh, the organization in Mexico, the government-funded organization that does census data for Mexico, uh, came up with this study in 2012 um, just to find out how many people across the nation watched television, uh, and they separated their study into two two parts, three parts actually. The first part was trying to figure out how many people already had digital TV in their homes. Obviously, this this was when Mexico was first trying to move away from from standard definition over-the-air TV and uh, move it towards a digital-only signal, which they eventually uh, finally did last year. The second part of that study was how many people watched free TV as opposed to, you know, network TV as opposed to cable. And then the third part was how many people watched cable. So, first part of that study was, quite frankly, uh, the part that alarmed the government the most and TV companies. And that's why the digital launch for television in Mexico was pushed back a couple of years. They found that more than 70% of people in Mexico did not have a digital converter or digital-ready TVs in their homes. The second part was, and this is the most important part of my argument here, an average of 70% of people also only watched free over-the-air TV, network TV. They did not have cable installed in their homes. Um, only three out of ten people in Mexico had the capability or the consumer choice to buy cable TV. So this obviously has been a big issue for Chivas and for, quite frankly, most teams in the Liga MX fold um, when it comes to presenting their games and negotiating TV contracts. Uh, as it stands right now in Mexico, there are only two teams that have signed exclusively with cable companies, León and Pachuca. Those guys are on Fox Sports here in Mexico. Uh, <clears throat> the other 16 teams, excluding Puebla, last year Puebla was technically on TV Azteca, but they were only brought to uh, to Sky subscribers. So... That was also a cable TV team, um, you know, for, for all intents and purposes. The other 15 teams, um, those those guys were readily available uh, on over-the-air TV or free online. Uh, because Dorados de Sinaloa, which had been on TV for TVC, also had a digital signal, and they decided to open that up towards the end of last season when it became apparent that they were going to go down into the Liga de Ascenso. Uh, so, you know, if you had an internet connection, you, ha you had access to one team uh, for free. And if you had over-the-air TV or, or, you know, just network TV, no cable, you had access to 15 teams on a week-to-week -week, week -to -week basis. Um, and that's always been the issue uh, in Mexico. Mexico is a poor country. So I think when we talk about the cost of Chivas TV, and of course I have those right here in front of me, it's 2,000 pesos for the yearly package. It's 1,000 pesos for the following tournament, which is the Apertura 2016. And if you want to watch on-demand videos and you want to watch the games with a two-hour delay, that's just 50 pesos a month. Okay? The issue here, and uh, I didn't know that this had come out because I had looked at this from a Mexico-only standpoint, and uh, see that they've now added a plan for subscribers in the U.S. 
right? So that plan is $10. And the way the peso is right now, it's about 18 to 1, 18 pesos to $1. So you're looking at about 180 pesos a month, $9.99. Of course, that is a false equivalence because the livable wage in Mexico, and again, we're talking about the people's team. We're talking about who Chivas is marketed to for 110 years. I'm not saying that every Chivas fan is living on, you know, $3 a day. That's not the case. There are a lot of wealthy Chivas fans out there, a lot of middle-class Chivas fans out there. And, and quite frankly, that's who Jorge Vergara is banking on. That is the type of people who, is, who are going to buy Chivas TV without any hiccups. But you're asking people in Mexico to pay about 167 pesos a month if you're getting the yearly package, which is 67% more than what Netflix costs in Mexico, 67% more of what Spotify Premium costs in Mexico. And those are arguably bougie products um, in the digital world for Mexico, right? I have no idea how many people are going to be able to afford this. It could be a lot, but it probably isn't. And that's the problem. Chivas used to be a free product for the people. Chivas used to get paid a lot of money to have their games on Televisa. They argue, and they might be right about this, who knows? Lord knows that Netflix and other companies have had a huge effect on Televisa and TV Azteca. They've had to dramatically shed costs, and they've had to restructure their business in a way that Televisa, the big media conglomerate, of Mexico and Latin America has launched its own Netflix competitor. It's called Bleem, and it's horrible. Anyway, Chivas had been getting eight figures a year for their TV rights. To be able to replicate that, they, they, they don't just need subscribers. They still need ads. They're going to be supported by ads. You're not going to be able to escape the look and feel of a Televisa, TV Azteca, Univision, Telemundo, Fox Sports, ESPN broadcast on Chivas TV. You're still going to have that. So what's the point in paying? Why can't it be ad-supported? Listen, I've got data here from Nielsen that says that the social conversation in Mexico is dominated by Twitter and Facebook. Last I heard... Both Twitter and Facebook had platforms that you could display live video on. Periscope and Facebook Live. If Chivas really cared about their fans, and this wasn't such a shameless cash grab, they would put their games on Facebook, they would strike a deal with Facebook or Twitter, they would get paid handsomely for it, because it would be this amazing exclusive content that Facebook and or Twitter would be able to market to Mexico with, and the United States for that matter. Facebook would pay a lot of money for that. Twitter would probably pay a lot of money for that. And you would still be able to have ads because you would be bringing that content to your fans for free. I think they also made a huge blunder when it came down to charging <clears throat> for individual games. And you probably know what I'm referring to in that Chivas is charging the most amount of money individually for the America game. Now, Jorge Vergara came out in, in his usual sterling PR ways and said that 
he's charging extra for the America game because he wants those America fans who ostensibly have no reason to get Chivas TV to pay for that game, and he's going to charge a nice little premium for it. Well, obviously, if America and Televisa, which casually happens to own America, fires back with, well, you say that, but we say that it's because we're the most important team in the country, they're not wrong. Chivas is giving them that status. It is conceding that America is the most important team, not just to them, but to the nation, because we don't care if you want to watch Chivas Tijuana. You're just going to pay about 50 pesos for that. Or you're going to pay a smaller price for that. If you're a Puebla fan, we don't really care about you. We know that there's not a lot of you out there, and you're, you know, we don't care about you. So we're going to charge you the minimum amount for that game. But if you're an America fan, we know that there are about 30 million America fans spread out over Mexico and the United States. And we want to make sure that you pay dearly for that. So I thought that was a big PR blunder for them. Chivas TV is a shameless cash grab. It is something that is probably going to work out for Chivas. It's going to be profitable, but it's not going to be profitable profitable right away and it's not going to be this amazing breakthrough in Mexican TV and in Mexican technology. It's not going to change the way that companies do business with digital in Mexico because, and this is the other problem, Mexican internet companies are not ready for the constant live video streams. Even when these products are sanctioned by big companies like Facebook and Twitter, and these companies have these big official feeds, they suffer at bringing you top-notch streaming. This is something that I have experienced, and this is something that a lot of people who live in this country have experienced. It is just not reliable to do a lot of streaming outside of Netflix in Mexico, sometimes not even with Netflix. The bigger issue is that most people in Mexico, as is the digital trend uh, you know, around the world, this is something that doesn't really differ from the United States or any, any first world country, um, people are starting to watch more and more on their cell phones, not on laptops, not on desktops, not on tablets. Chivas expects you to watch this on a desktop or a laptop. Well, I mean, part of the reason that we watch sports, part of the experience, the shared experience of watching sports, and I mean, I do mean that, and when, when you get together with a group and you sit down and you watch the game, is to do so on a good-sized screen. Digital trends in Mexico indicate that most people who are on the internet and who are experiencing live video and streaming do it on their cell phone. And that is something that doesn't really mix with sports yet, unless you're on the go. You know, if you're doing something else and you want to keep up with sports, then you watch on your cell phone. But at sports, soccer in general, and Mexican culture in general, that's still a let's sit on the couch in front of the TV and watch that game, hopefully on a big screen. So the experience of Chivas TV is going to be diminished. It's just not going to be as good as watching most anything else. And that's a shame for Chivas fans. And it's a shame for Liga MX fans in general. 
I'm really not excited about the prospect of watching Chivas TV on a dodgy stream. Just because, and it's not going to be their fault. Maybe it's not going to be their fault. Maybe it's going to be your, your ISP's fault. And what's going to happen is you're going to find out that most people in Mexico only have 10 to 20 megas, they call it down here, of service, which is the slowest kind of service. You will need to upgrade your internet, upgrade your internet connection. Whether fans are able to do that is also dependent on how much money they have, how much disposable income they have. Again, some will be able to do that. Others won't. Others will just become frustrated at the product and cancel Chivas TV. They will find other ways to watch. And if you think, if you think that Mexican people won't find a way to get around the paywall and watch Chivas TV, then you don't know a lot about Mexican people. And I do not mean that as a slight. I just mean that we're we're resourceful. And if we don't, want, we don't want to pay for something, I think sometimes the culture is like, well, I don't want to pay for this. Therefore, they don't deserve to get paid, but I still deserve to enjoy the content. And they'll find a way. That's just the way it's always been. Otherwise, sites like Roja Directa would not exist. And it's obviously not just a Mexico-only thing. People watch illegal streams all the time. That won't change. And that will cut into Chivas TV's business. So that's a shame. I mean, that's a shame. If you have any thoughts about Chivas TV, you want to tweet at me at the Mexican Wave. I will definitely uh, engage with you and I will talk to you. You can also do that on my personal account at Eric Gomez 86. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a crazy thing to be talking about in terms of what Mexico is as a country, socially, economically, and what Chivas is and what they've represented over the last 110 years. It's just it's amazing to me that a team like Chivas would dare to charge their fans 2,000 pesos a year when they know full well that not – I don't know, man. I mean I don't think half of those guys, half of, half of Chivas fans will be able to pay that. I'm not sure that 30% of their fans will be able to pay that. That's still a lot of people. 30% of Chivas' fans is a huge amount of people. And here's the final example when it comes down to facts. Nielsen did a study for last year's Gold Cup in Mexico, and they tried to identify how people experienced the, uh, the content, not just the games, which were obviously available on over-the-air TV, network TV, Televisante Vesteca, but also everything around the Gold Cup. So they found that 70% of that audience was between the ages of 26 and 35, and that the media that they used to find out information about the Gold Cup was mainly TV and newspaper. I mean, despite the fact that 9 out of 10 of these people had a cell phone and 65% of those phones were smartphones, they still didn't go to the internet for results or news. They relied on TV and the newspaper. I mean, 2015, man. And we're banking on, we're expecting people to completely embrace digital technology. And again, not all Chivas fans are between the ages of 26 and 35. Not all of them are between the ages of 18 and 25. There are a lot of 35 plus people out there who are going to be relying on the younger generations to, I mean, again, how, do, how the hell do I hook this up, man? Can I watch this on TV? Is there a way? 
how do I pay for this online? Do I have to sit here in front of my computer and watch it? Is there any any way else I can watch the game? That's going to happen. Bank on it. Anyway. Turns out that uh, this is kind of a Chivas-only episode. (laughs) The Mexican Way podcast. Because as it turns out, the 10-8 rule, which will be modified into the 9-9 rule in 2017, is probably going to affect Chivas the most. And I want to refer to a very fantastic study that Tom Harrison over at Footmex Nation published uh, yesterday. We're recording this on a Thursday. And what he did was he compared the amount of minutes that youth players or you know players that have been developed in Mexico, young Mexican players, get in Liga MX as opposed to guys in the top European leagues. That was, first and foremost, that's a just a great study. Okay, and um, I, I was very happy to retweet Tom on Twitter. I was happy to read it and reread it. Uh, it was just a great story. So when you dive into it, when you dive into it, you find out that Mexican teams actually give their youth players a pretty fair shake, right? So I'm going to look at Tom's study, and I urge you to read that if you haven't done so. Go to footmexsource.com. I know the website's called Footmex Nation, but the URL is footmexsource.com, and look for that article. So as it turns out, League MX, of course, has 18 teams in the top division, and there's an average of 5.5 youth players, and of course this is heavily influenced by Chivas, on the team, and youth players, U23 players to be exact, and these are all Mexican, get about 169.27 minutes per match combined, obviously. Italy only rolls their players out for 115 minutes a game, 2.7 on average. Bundesliga is fantastic about this, and they completely blow Mexico out of the water with 262 minutes, 3.98 players per team. The Premier League is an absolute disgrace in this regard, 94.3 minutes per game, 3.2 players per team. La Liga is right around Liga Max's stats with 168.4 minutes per game, 3.8 players per team. And France's Ligue 1, is better than Liga MX in this regard with 224.93 minutes and 6.2 players per team, the highest on that list. <clears throat> so how does this affect Mexico in terms of um, the 10-8 rule and how does it affect Chivas? Well, Chivas and Pachuca are the leaders, according to Tom and, and his study, when it comes to fielding youth players, U23 nationals out there. And Pachuca has actually ridden this success, ridden this strategy to success, of course, by winning last season's title. So I don't want to hear anything about Chivas being in a severe disadvantage because they only field Mexican nationals. Their problem is that they don't have the best Mexican nationals. And to be quite frank, they won't have the best Mexican nationals ever again because it is not an isolated league anymore. The fantastic youth talent that they were able to produce last decade mostly ended up in Europe. Chicharito's out there. Vela's out there. Marco Fabian is out there. Salcido had his run in Europe. 
Pachuca is getting ready for a huge payday. They've already cashed in on Jurgen Dom by sending him to Tigres. They still have 40% of his rights, so if and when Tigres sells Jurgen Dom, they'll get a chunk of change. Irving Lozano, Eric Gutierrez, Carlos Guzman. Wait, that guy's from Chivas, isn't he? So, I mean, that's, uh, that's something to think about as well if you're, if you're a Chivas fan. They're just kind of selling these players out there willy-nilly. Did say Carlos Guzman, though. I think it's Victor Guzman. Victor Guzman is the guy who scored that winning goal for for Pachuca. Either way, Carlos Guzman, Victor Guzman, sorry about that. Either way, the 10-8 rule on the surface will provide opportunities for foreigners. But what what it will also do is create opportunities for youth players. And to be fair, teams like Puebla, teams like Tigres, you know, teams that have really no interest in developing youth players will have to do that now because they will need to have eight Mexican players on their game day roster. Next season, they'll need to have nine. And there will be some rules that will remind people of the 2011 rule that we had about a decade ago that allowed players like Andres Guardado to get a huge amount of minutes. So Mexico has had a lot of success in impulsing youth players in the last 10, 15 years when it comes to developing those players, graduating them to the Mexican national team and sending them to Europe. Chivas's problem isn't that they're developing only Mexican players and that they, they need to have every single player on that roster be Mexican. The problem is that they're not developing them right and that they won't able they won't be able to get top Mexican talent outside of their club without paying a premium for it. What's more, they won't be able to get top Mexican talent, period, because those guys are out there playing in Europe. And guess what? When they're coming back to Mexico or they're coming back on the other side of the Atlantic, they're not looking at Chivas. They're looking at MLS. They're looking at Tigres. They're looking at Monterrey. They're looking at America. They're looking at Cruz Azul. They're looking at teams that will pay that premium gladly. Instead, what do you get? You get Chivas paying huge amounts of money for Carlos Peña and for Gallito Vasquez. Sorry to hear that, Leon fans. I mean, you did quite well for yourself last season, but I do see a huge drop-off now that Gallito Vasquez is gone. Anyway, Chivas needs to remind itself that it is the people's team, that it needs to develop players that people will be able to identify with. The problem is, these players will need to be seen. Chivas TV is kind of a thorn in everybody's side because their ratings will decrease dramatically. And even though their revenue stream won't be severely negatively affected in my view, it will still create a rift between the team and fans. They might be set for the current generation. They might even be set for the, for the upcoming generation. But what will happen to those people who don't have access to or who will not be able to pay 2,000 pesos a year to watch Chivas at home in front of their home crowd, what will happen to those people when they grow up? They probably won't be Chivas fans, okay? It doesn't matter if your parents are Chivas fans. We've all seen that that is no guarantee, even for us. 
even for our generation. It doesn't matter if your dad was a Cruz Azul fan or a Pumas fan. You could be an America fan. You could be a Chivas fan. It all depends on what you have access to and what impacts you the most, what influences you, what teams were great, what athletes were great when you were growing up. I'm still a Chicago Bulls fan, and I've only been to the United Center once. And that was definitely not when I was a kid. You know, <clears throat> I was an America fan since I was about eight years old. And um, I didn't go to the Estadio Azteca until I was 23. Again, it's what influences you and what impacts you when you're growing up. Chivas TV will severely decrease the impact that it has on younger generations if they don't have access to those games. And it will also decrease the impact that it has on fans and upcoming generations if they are not generating the type of talent that they need to be in the upper echelon of Liga MX. I mean, this is a team that just barely got out of relegation. Relegation! Chivas has no business being among the bottom three in the relegation table. They finally got out. What's next? You've got a great coach, and you've got a great group of players. How much time does that group of players have in order to be successful or for Jorge Vergara to lose his patience and blow the damn thing up. You know it's going to happen. There is a time limit on this Chivas team. If they don't win the title in a year, Almeida is as good as gone. Maybe even before then. We've seen it happen so many times before. And, and, and sometimes people still act shocked, appalled. That Jorge Vergara did not live up to his contract with his manager or with his players. He's had falling, is falling out with basically everybody in Liga MX. Even with his own players. I mean, Marco Fabian won't talk to him. Omar Bravo has had huge rifts with Jorge Vergara. Chepo de la Torre, Jose Luis Real, Johan Cruyff. Anybody you can think of that has worked with Jorge Vergara probably has a crazy Jorge Vergara story. Jaime Ordiales, this is a guy who survived cancer, man. And they sign him to be their sporting director. And when Almeida decides that he doesn't need a sporting director, he's out the door. Nobody's willing to talk about that. That is just weird. And it doesn't speak too well about Chivas. Of course, media in Mexico are usually not this incisive and they don't really like to talk about this type of thing because they rely on the access that teams give them. But every time that you want to remind yourself of how negative and how, yeah, just how negative Jorge Vergara can be, he fired Jaime Ordiales, a guy who came back from cancer to take this job and to reclaim his spot amongst the people running Liga MX and the people working in Mexican soccer. Just threw him out the door. Well, um, I uh, don't really want to end on (laughs) on that note, but uh, it appears that we will. We're getting towards the end of our show this week. Next week, we'll talk about Club America and their 100th anniversary. Uh, We'll try to sprinkle in some news topics in there as well. 
Again, if you want to talk Chivas TV, if you want to talk 10-8 rule, 9-9 rule, whatever you want to call it, uh, be sure to tweet me at Eric Gomez 86 Tweet and follow The Mexican Wave. It's at The Mex Wave on Twitter. And get ready for some really interesting announcements for myself and hopefully this podcast uh, in the near future. I am very, very happy to do this. Uh, I know I said this after the first episode, but I'm just very happy to be here and very happy to share my thoughts and my views on Mexican soccer to you. Hopefully we agreed on some stuff. If you're a Chivas fan, we probably didn't agree on a lot, but uh, that's just the beauty of this thing. Let's get the conversation rolling again. If you want to talk to me, you know the way to do it. If you want to come on the show as a guest, we can set that up. My name is Eric Gomez. This has been the Mexican Wave, and I thank you very, very much for listening. I'll see you next week.